I hope you enjoy this conversation that I have with uh, none other than Pastor Jonathan Hill about manhood, marriage, and what it means to be a father. Tune in. Hello, everybody. Hey, I am so happy and so excited that I have somebody here. Uh, his name is Pastor Jonathan Hill. He's a pastor of Church of Blaze, and the church is located at? We meet at 2200 North Bryant. 2200 North Bryant. He's somebody who I've known uh, now for, I don't know how many years I've been knowing him, but he's been somebody that I've admired in a great way. Uh, he is definitely uh, a role model to young brothers such as myself as to what it means to be a father and as, as to what it, not just a father, but a godly father. And also uh, what it means to be a husband. And again, not just a husband, but a godly, a godly husband. He's somebody I know who makes personal sacrifices for his family and for his wife uh, for their betterment spiritually uh, and just naturally all together. He's a father of about how many kids? <laughs> you always get the number wrong. It's I don't six. want to mess up. Six? I always want to give you more. Yeah, you do. I always, it's I only six. Give you, you deserve more. You deserve more. <laughs> you can talk least, to Lisa about that. I always want to give you at least eight. <laughs> but uh, he has he has six he has six children and he just named his wife name is Lisa. Lisa. Mm -hmm. And so they've been married now for how long? We've been married for twenty two years. So twenty three years will be March twenty third. One thing I can tell you about them. Uh, that I met them through a, a marriage community. It was a ministry that was started by either his church or somebody in his church. Mm -hmm. It called Eye to Eye. And I met him through that through that program. But I, I thought it was very befitting, uh, especially for this podcast, dealing with marriage and family. I wanted to bring in somebody who I really respect a lot on this subject. He's been married 22 years that he stated. Well, let's get right to it. I, I really want to talk to you because you are somebody who, uh, you wear multiple hats. You wear multiple hats. You're you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. You're an architect. Engineer. Engineer. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Correct me. That's All right. Okay. Engineer. That's okay. <laughs> We're like cousins, architect and engineer. Yeah, there, there, know, there, there's some fights between us, but we, we work together. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you was in that field. One yeah. of that, somewhere in that field, you know. So you do that. Uh, I know uh, that you was the eye to eye thing. You was doing that, making a great impact in the Oklahoma City area and beyond with the marriage ministry, uh, raising six kids mm -hmm. and, uh, and, a, and a wife. You're not raising her, but you married <laughs> to right. her, right? Good clarification. Lisa, uh, now I wanna make sure, <laughs> if you're watching this, I didn't say, yeah. he's ra you raising it, I didn't say no, that. That's good clarification. All right, all right. And so, <laughs> and so talk to us, how do you how do you balance everything? As a, as a, just as a man, how do, you how do you balance everything? Well, that's a, you starting me off with a tough question, but uh, balancing everything is, is, is tough for me. It's a daily battle. Number one, I fail often. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's just the first thing right off the bat. I, I fail often at uh, work-life balance and keeping balance with spending time with my wife and spending time with my children and then giving my responsibilities on the, on a, as a career person, as an engineer, and I'm also a business analyst. So juggling mm -hmm. all those things is tough. But one of the things I, I learned is is that sometimes you have to cheat time. And I learned this from uh, listening to Andy Stanley. Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast he did a long time ago. Because uh, the time I spend with God, you know, that's number one, right? Right. As pastors, we both right. say that. But relatively speaking to the rest of the time I spend throughout the day, it's small as far as individual time. So mm -hmm. it's small and it's fragile. 
So I, I have to try to make sure that I protect the fragile time, the time with God, the time I spend with Lisa, and the time I spend with my children, because it's smaller in number than the amount of time I spend out working. Mm. You know what I mean? So I have to try to guard it and protect it. So uh, even if it's just a, a 30 minutes I get to spend you know, face to face with my wife, I have to try to guard that and not let anything in, encroach upon it. And I have failed at it, but that's the reason why I have stripes because I, I never quit and I never give up. And I, I just apologize to whatever entity I feel like I've cheated on time. But uh, the greatest thing for me is I have to put it on my calendar mm. and, and do it regularly or else mm. it just it just doesn't happen. Mm. I mean, Marquise, you're talking about me being busy. I know you're busy also. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I show my wife this, but you know, if I don't write it down on my calendar and block out that time to spend with her, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. And my wife is a high quality time person, and I'm a high active service type guy. Mm -hmm. So those conflict, <laughs> unless you work to bring them together. Yeah, yeah. I got all types of stories yeah. blowing in on that. But but I, I hope that answers your question. It's not easy, but I, I do it by scheduling my time and remembering uh, priorities. Because um, I'm trying to tell you, spending nine, ten hours a day working, you know, and then only a, a few amount of time with my family, that means it has to be high quality. And then the quantity for me, it just comes over time. If you mm -hmm. just consistently keep trying, even if you fail, consistently keep trying, that one year will go by, two years will go by, three years will go by, four years will go by, and then the whole large sum of everything, it will be progression. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going up a mountain, but there's just ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, but progressively it, it goes up. Because uh, like one of the main areas, we try to have family devotions in our household. Mm -hmm. And I failed at that miserably. Marquise. Okay. I've tried in the mornings, tried in the evenings, tried at different times, but then I look back over all my trying now over the 22 years, and what, we've read through the Bible at least three times, we've been through the New Testament at least twice a year. I mean, wow. so it, it, but it's all failure in, in the midst of that, Right. changing times and adjusting, so that would be one way I'd answer that question. Wow, you said a lot, so let's unpack it. Okay. All right, so... If you listen, one thing that I, want, I hope that you caught that he said that's really, really important is if you're wearing multiple hats. And nowadays, in this day and age that we live in, we live in a very busy society. And so if you're wearing multiple hats, you have to, I hope you and put this on the screen, you got to schedule that time. You got to put it in the calendar, right? And I can hear some of the women, I don't want no man who got to schedule time exactly. with me. I don't want to. <laughs> right, right. Got schedule time. Who do you think he is? Mm -hmm. I'm schedule time. But sometimes you got so much going on in your life, you do have to schedule it. And I think women, uh, or not just the woman, whoever it is, opposite sex, they have to be uh, understanding of that, is that you have to schedule time or, or it won't happen. Uh, the other thing that he said that I hope you all were really paying attention to is that uh, a lot of times when you set out a goal, you're going to fail, right? Yes. You're going to fail. But uh, y'all know the saying is that hey, if I uh, if I if I shoot for the uh, moon and yeah. I hit the stars, Star. yeah, you know what I mean. You still had to go, and you know your family read through the Bible at least three times, right? You know what I mean. That's a that's a huge blessing, right? right. And so what do, what do you say to what do you say to men who and, and let me speak it because I've I've heard women say this, I've heard women say this is that my husband he's there. Right, mm -hmm. he's there physically in the home, mm -hmm. but he's really not there. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, 
He he's there. He 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 pays bills. He's there, but he's really not there. How? Because everything you got going on, I want to call you architect, but you're not. You're an engineer, mm -hmm. a pastor of a church, mm -hmm. a business analyst. Mm -hmm. So, how do you? And what can you say to other men to encourage other men who are like you, who understand they got to take care of their family, they got to be the provider for their family. Yes. But still, how do you not be so exhausted when you get home? Yes. That you that you're still present. You know what I mean? Right. Not just physically. Right. Oh boy, you're asking me the tough questions. Well, number one, I am tired. I am exhausted. <clears throat> my wife and I got on the same page. So before I overcommit myself with pastoring the church or uh, working a, a job and owning my own business, first of all, we got on the same page so that she, she was in full agreement with me and what we were doing. So going into that, that really helped <clears throat> set the scene to be on the same page with my wife. And it's not anything I dictated to her because I knew it would take time away from our family time. Okay, so real quick, I want you all to pay attention to this and, I'll, and I want this on the screen. I want y'all to think about this. Before you commit yourself to a whole lot of time, to whatever it is, to another business or whatever it is, and you're married, you need to make sure you get your wife on board with you too. Because it makes it easier yeah. with the adjustments. If you can get her on board, before you commit yourself to another business, to another project, to whatever it is, it makes it easier in the transition and adjusting stage. That's right. And then, you know, from a family's perspective, if I look through the eyes of my children or, you know, I look through the eyes of my wife, even though they realize daddy's going to be gone doing this, going to be gone doing that, might get a call from somebody in the church or somebody outside the church need to meet with, even though they know that's gonna be that, there's going to be a sacrifice there, they still want their time. Right. As a daddy, I always have to make sure that I'm doing my best to not bring home doggy bags mm. to my family, mm. but still bringing a full meal to them. And this is where manhood steps in, um, because I try to challenge just like you, Marquise. I mean, we met for, I think, close to two years, right. at least <clears throat> once or twice a month. And iron sharpens iron, as the Bible says, and so shall a man sharpen the confidence of his friend. And men have to really get with other men and really instill backbone in them and recognize that it takes strength to lead a family. And I, I really feel it is one of the greatest responsibilities on this earth. Yeah, it is. Even more than CEO. It is. Even more than anybody you see on TV that yeah. if you feel like they've made it. Managing a family to me yeah. has all the bells and whistles of that and then some. So you have to be a man and then you have to be, and that's where strength comes in. And, you know, I, I really beg to say that that strength doesn't have to be self-willed. I feel that God will give mm. a man that strength that's submitted to his plans. Mm. And that that is the aspect of where faith comes in. I need to trust God for the strength to be able to mm. continue to pour into my family. Say that. Because you can give excuses all day. And your, your wife and your, your children, they'll, they'll make concession sometime. But when it's the same excuses all the time, after a while, they're going to understand that you value your job more than, than me. You value that member in the church more than me. You value that more than me. After a while, your actions are going to speak louder than your wishes and words. Yeah. So I have to bring home a, a full meal. I have to buck up, if you will, and seek for strength from God within to come in. So some practical things that I do is, and I was advised on this by multiple people because I sought mentoring also is, you know, there'd be a point, there's a pole on my way home. And when I come home, when I pass that pole, I have to shut it down. 
I have to shut down my mind. Okay. And Marquise, if you know what I'm saying, we're, we're always thinking about different things, right. uh, Pastor Marquise, at right. times. And they're going, they're going, and now in the age of cell phones, it's going and going and going, and you have to pick shut a stopping down, point. Shut down your mind. If you don't pick a stopping point, it's going to spill over into your family. Yeah, I hope y'all caught that. Mm-hmm. If you're taking notes, in order to be a present father, I like that. When he's passing his house, he already knows. Now it's time to shut off my mind from all these outside distractions because it's so easy to take work home with you and still and not be physically present or emotionally present or mentally present when you get there. So you have to say, you have to train your mind. And this is helping me because I ain't good at this at all. So I'm learning from him even as he's talking is to, to shut off that mind because most of the times even when I'm at home, I'm still, I'm not present, honestly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this is this helped me out. But go ahead and yeah. continue, please. I mean, and some other things, and I, I know I'm talking to a, a broad array of audiences with people, but I'm assuming you have children and things like that. A, a principle I learned is get on the floor. And uh, I know for me, I have a nice, easy, easy, uh, lazy boy recliner and how it's good, it's nice to sit there and everything. But sometimes when you have younger children getting down at their level, they automatically draw towards you. Okay. And uh, that right there helps you to engage. And children are real easy about helping you forget about whatever you were thinking about. Because <laughs> I, I love being a daddy. <laughs> That's true. When care. you look into your daughter or your son's yeah. eyes, you, you begin to forget about everything else. Yeah. So I try to make sure I come down at my children's level, get in their world, and just forget about whatever's deal, whatever I'm dealing with. And then as far as my wife, she's always the first person I acknowledge when I get home hold on, and hold there's on. something about that kiss hold on alright so you hear me Mark I want y'all to pay attention to because <laughs> I, I don't want none of the fathers to miss this because I've actually had women inbox me uh, some of the questions I'm asking you they have inboxed me yeah. alright and so the one thing if you a man watching this I want you to catch something that he said if you have a problem with being emotionally and mentally present is one thing that he just said I hope you caught it is one of the practical thing is to get on the floor. What does that mean? If you got small children, you actually getting on, on their level, right? You getting on level. You may mean you getting on their knees and playing with them in their room or whatever it might be so that you can really try to get yourself out of the mindset of work, bills, pressure, and all that stuff, right. all right? And so, uh, and now he's about to bring up another point about who you acknowledge first. When you go into, do not go in, and Lord, this is hard. I'm, he's helping me. It, it, do not go into straight... I got an office in my house. Right. It's easy for men sometimes to get off work and then go straight into the office when they when they get home. Mm-hmm. I hope y'all hear what he just said. If you want to be a man who's going to be phys- not just physically present but mentally and emotionally present, go acknowledge that woman first. Go mm-hmm. acknowledge that wife first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then you know later on that night you're going to be wanting something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> another podcast so so tell us more about that about okay you go in this these are all the things that's helping you be emotionally and mentally present right yes it is because acknowledging your wife yeah acknowledging her first and you know with six children they usually want to run first and give me their hugs and you know it's part of training part of child training is you know letting them know nope 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 i need to hug and kiss my wife first so just doing that helps you to you know uh decompress yeah you know your mind and engaging kissing with her and yes I do go to my office and probably have to change out of my clothes so they that's another agreement thing with my wife I'm like honey I, I just need about five or ten minutes so I always acknowledge the first five or ten minutes and then I really get to get everything out you know get the cell phone 
power power it to uh, you know sleep mode or anything like that turn that off change out my clothes so then I can just engage with my family because in, in a real world Marquis you, you probably have an hour or two am I right or wrong you're right yeah, I'm right in the evenings you probably only have a limited amount of time yeah and, to, and then you engage into your family routine and uh, for, for me since that time is fragile a man really has to come up with a plan and a vision mm. for why is he with his family? Mm, man, come up with a plan and a vision. Yeah, and it doesn't as have to, to be why you're with your family. Yeah, because then you you don't waste time, and mm. you, and even if it's thirty minutes, it's effective. Mm. And I, I can just give an example, um, and we can if 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 you have questions about that. But like when I do devotions <laughs> and things like that, I, sometimes I don't have a long time, but if I know I have fifteen minutes, I'll call everybody into the family room. We circle up. We might circle up one thing and I'll say to the person to your right, just give them one word of encouragement or something you saw them do this week. We'll go around and then you know there's eight of us. <laughs> <laughs> so if everybody can talk two minutes, that's 16 minutes right yeah, there. Yeah. But then that's it. And then I was like, great. Well, let's just say a word of prayer and close. And here's one verse that the Lord had on my heart. I'll show that verse. We'll say prayer and close. And that's 15 to 20 minutes. Now you might say, that's a man not spending a lot of time with his family. But it's effective wow. when I at least am doing that three or four times a week. I shoot for five days a week to That's connect cool. with my family. If I'm doing it two or three times a week, 52 weeks a year, you know, I've been living for 46 years, married 22. So it adds up. Wow. So if you take that time as fragile and have a plan and a vision. And for me, Mark, uh, uh, Pastor Marquise, I, I link my vision for my family to Genesis 12. Okay. Yeah. Verse three, where Abraham was given... A command and Jesus God told him God the Father told him he said all the families of the earth will be blessed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, I noticed it says all the families of the earth mm -hmm. so and I was like I'm one of those families okay so I'm like well I'm, I'm linked to this blessing so when I get to vision sometimes vision has to be bigger than you I was like I'm linked and my family is blessed of God Amen. way back to the first one promise so that I'm linked to that promise so then that's how I steer my family. I want to be a blessing and it's my responsibility because my dad blessed us, laid hands on us, blessed us. It's my job, you know, not just to excel in corporate. Right. You know, not just try to be the, you know, well-known structural engineer, but to be a spiritual leader of the generation of hills that are going to be blessed. Yes. And taking that on as a primary responsibility. So, so that's how come it makes time more important yeah whether it's yeah. 15 minutes or 30 you know what yeah. i'm saying i'm so happy you said that because sometimes you can listen to a podcast like this and you just get more overwhelmed oh. and you just start thinking about everything you're not as a father and then you think you're listening to people who got it all figured mm -hmm. out and perfect but what he just did was he just let you know sometimes it's just 16 minutes it's 20 minutes you taking everybody and just saying hey give the person to your right uh, a two-minute encouragement, uh, something that they did that you saw them doing good throughout the week. Mm -hmm. You know, if you got if you got three kids, it's going to even be less time. <laughs> but that's powerful, right? And and I hope you all are really catching everything he's saying. Is that he's not talking about the quantity of time. He's talking about the quality of time, because it's so easy for us as men to get really wrapped up even in quantity, not understanding that what our what our family needs most is is quality, right? And so uh, uh, I hope you all are really gauging a lot uh, from what he sent on today. All right. So what are some of the as we still go down this 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 path of uh, dealing with family? 
and you having six children. Uh, but I'm, I want you to have eight. But uh, <laughs> you, you having six children. I want you to tell me what are what are some of the common mistakes uh, you feel like parents make raising children. Hmm. Um, some of the common mistakes I feel. <laughs> the first thing is giving in to the culture and the pressures of the world. When we first had, uh, first got married, and this was like in, in college, you know, everybody was telling me how stressed out I was gonna be having children. Oh, you're just gonna be stressed. And why would you have that? We had even certain family members, you know, that would come to us, it's like, now, nah, you know, don't, don't get pregnant, you know, right away, you don't, don't do this, don't do that. So it was a very negative environment. And uh, I think that's one of the, primary things is not succumbing to the pressures and the negative naysayers that are against family and children. Because right now, most people, we live in a me and selfish society, yeah. tremendously, yeah. which doesn't really um, foster thriving family life. It really doesn't because it's about selfish and about me, it's about more about being an individual uh, than, than number one, being a couple. Then number two, being a couple that multiplies into children. So one of the main things you got to do is you got to resist status quo. And you got to be that little fishy that decides to swim upstream. And it's really easy. I always give this analogy, pretend like you're swimming in the underwater. And then all of a sudden you're swimming away and then all of a sudden you feel this, this current and it gets kind of dark. And you're like, hmm, no big deal. And you continue to move on about your business. But then you don't realize that you had got swallowed by a whale. You didn't even know it because all the other little fishies in the sea were going back. Nobody had any problems. But there's one little fishy that hightailed it out of there and knew something was going on and got away and escaped the, that mouth of the whale. And the whale would be the world and what they think about family and parenting. We have to be countercultural and go against what the world says about it. The Bible says clearly that blessed is the man that has his quiver I think it's Psalms 127. Blessed is the man that has his quiver full of them. Mm -hmm. Not stressed out as the man. So, <laughs> so you have to come up with your own context in your mind that I'm going to be blessed in, with, with children. And my wife and I are going to be blessed, not stressed. And make that a prerequisite in your household. This is wonderful. So then when you face the trials, which are going to come. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this isn't, I'm not trying to paint a picture that's unattainable, but when you go through them with the right attitude, yeah. it, you know, that, that can really help. So that's one of the main things I would say is uh, resisting um, status quo against the culture and establishing a biblical paradigm of what child training is about. And Proverbs is very clear explaining what it is and raising a family. It starts with Genesis where he told us to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and God blessed them. You see blessing, blessing, blessing always associated with children and family in the Bible. Okay, so you, you feel like in our culture, uh, you feel like that a lot of people are shying away from kids because of selfishness? I think that's one element, yes. And, and finances, that's another element. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to get back to this about something that you just said about uh, when I asked you about the common mistakes in raising children and you said uh, succumbing to the culture. Mm -hmm. All right. So when you say succumbing to the culture, in, in what ways do we as believers, what are some practical ways or maybe, you know, some real life examples as to uh, you've seen a family who were raising their kids in such a way where they 
where some come into the culture and, and what ways have you yourself tried to prevent you know from doing the same um some examples I, I meet parents that are scared they're really scared with their children and they have child-centered homes and I believe succumbing to the culture one way is they make their home centered around the children instead of beginning to make their children begin to conform to their ways <laughs> which should be established on God's ways for the home okay so I guess one of the ways is having a child-centered home so as a result of that I believe that a lot of the discipline correction and training that are given with children has completely been psychologicalized if that's a word <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word yeah. and, and, and it's we've been we've lost our power in feeling that we can have any type of a direction or commanding control over our children uh, we, we think that we have to ask permission to ask them permission <laughs> to ask them permission <laughs> to ask them to do something so and when you get like that I you know I have a, a family a friend of ours that I won't name any names we sat down with them and they were they would not take their children in public so they would always make sure they had somebody to stay with their children so they could go to the store because they knew that you can could not cannot take a child to the store now you're looking at me side-eyed and all this type of stuff I'm telling you a true story because that's the succumbing to the culture you know and that, and you know I had to sit down with them for at least 30 minutes to an hour to let them know this is something you can do number one you can teach and train your children to obey your commands mm -hmm. you know and and I think that's something as an example that we lose is we don't think that our children will listen to us and we don't think they can hear and or listen to us. So at a young age, when they're young, we started about, you know, six months to a year just working with them, you know. Come here is usually the first training exercise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say one thing that you said, it really rang, rang hard to me when you said the child-centered home. One ways we some come to the culture is by having a child-centered home. And the thing I start thinking about is how many times because uh, I grew up <clears throat> in a household where it wasn't a choice for us to attend church. Mm -hmm. And now in the generation that we pastor, sometimes I hear parents say, well, they pretty much, he didn't want to come or she didn't want to come. And it's a child, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. Because the child is a child-centered home, which was so different than the way, you right. know, probably you was raised too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it just now they give it, and now I almost see it where, the, if the kid wants to come to church, you almost have to make your church to the point where it's attracted to the kid because the kid will make the parent come. And it's and it's and it, instead of the parent making the kid come, right. now the kid has that much power in the home. Right. Somebody who ain't paying no bills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> has that much yeah. influence over the parent. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's such a child, a child centered. And then place. you're feeding a monster, and that it grows. I'm not saying the child is the monster, but the this this ideological concept of centering everything around the child. You're feeding something that then begins to grow, and it grows beyond your ability to maintain it. Yeah. And and, and when that uh, little three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old becomes that teenager, it gets even harder. So you don't have enough money, you don't have enough convenience, yeah. you don't have enough entertainment to throw at it which is, that's the culture, but counter against that, you know, children, I, you know, I believe what the Bible says that we all have sinned and fall short of his glory mm -hmm. and that we start out in a sinful state. So basically a child doesn't have internal rule. There's, you know, there's no Holy Spirit internal rule. So you need to have external 
parental guidelines just to keep them safe. There's an outlet behind us here. You know, we don't want our child to stick it in there or want them to figure that out on their own. Right. So we put boundaries. Right. And, and I think that aspect of putting those boundaries on our children at a young age is missing. And, and it creates a lot of problems as they begin to grow up and then they have their own children. Yeah. And then what do you do? You have less children because children turn from becoming a blessing, the way God describes it, to becoming a liability. Or if I was dealing with accounting, they, they come away from being an asset to being a liability. So therefore, I won't have children. And then if I do, I'm going to hurry up and get this over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of hammering on that point. But uh, I, I just think those are some of the main things of, of conformity that we can't conform to the way uh, the world has established a family. And in God's world, God's kingdom is totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys... Uh... I hope you guys really have enjoyed this podcast on today and I hope that some of the key takeaways that you take away that I'm even taking away is uh, when I go home having maybe wherever you live once you hit a certain street you say I'm going to start working now to decompress my mind that when I go home I'm not uh, bringing that doggy bag (laughs) as he says I'm not bringing that doggy bag home but I'm going home with a folk with a very intentional focus that I'm going to get on the floor and have floor time with my kid. And it may not be long. It may be 20 minutes. It may be 15 minutes, but I'm not going to focus necessarily on the quantity. I'm going to focus on the quality. All right. And and I'm going to go in and acknowledge my wife. Right. That'd be the first thing that I do. And I want you to think about something. What you're doing is you're setting precedent and, and you're letting your kids know, hey, even after you leave, me and mama got to still have a thing going on, right? And you're teaching them that she's number one, right? Your kids do need to know that your spouse is number one, even before them, right? And so uh, uh, one thing about being a man is that uh, something that he was talking about is that we got to learn how, even though we are uh, we are big on providing. Now, women work too, but men, it's, I think it's something innate in us that we don't even feel like we, we don't even feel like we nobody if we ain't providing. Right. And so I hope that uh, you all taken away. Uh, I hope you all also take away, even when it comes to raising kids, especially as men. What's unique about today is this. Is that oftentimes we don't hear men talk about family. Hmm. You got Oprah, who's not married or have kids, talk about family. You have all talk shows Hmm. that are uh, The View. You have all these different outlets, but you don't really have men ever talking about family, right? And so I wanted you to hear a man. I'm talking about what, see, a lot of times when we say man, we just mean somebody who got something in between their legs that ain't flat. <laughs> but I'm talking about, we. T- you just heard a man speak on today. Somebody who's been married 22 years, who's, who's raising six children, all right? You've heard him talk about a manhood and about parenting and about some of the common mistakes that we make at parenting and about how to cheat time, right? And so I hope you all enjoyed the podcast on today and uh, hey, be looking out for the next video. God bless you. Mm-hmm.